on today's episode of The Breakaway, we talked to our guy, Jared Timmer, about all kinds of stuff. Some ping pong, a lot of great things uh, come out of that. This was recorded before the Open Cup draw, and actually about a week ago, so a few matches ago. But we talked to him about a lot of good stuff. Um, and then I'll also break down a quick three to five minute uh, introduction of what has been going on for Sacramento Republic, because there's been a lot of ha- things happening. Open Cup, the recent play, much, much more. All coming up on today's episode of The Breakaway. Sacramento Republic FC fans, UC Davis Health is here to keep you in the game so you can score a healthier future. From adult and pediatric care to sports medicine and orthopedics, their providers focus on achieving better health for the very young to the young at heart. Find a doctor you connect with at any of their 17 primary care clinics throughout the region, including Davis, Sacramento, Folsom, Roseville, Rockland, and more. Learn how they can support you at choosehealth.ucdavis.edu. At Elk Grove Charter School, our students chase their dreams. Students advance at their own pace. EGCS offers flexible schedules, small class sizes, and accelerated learning in a fully accredited learning environment. We help students balance their academic goals while pursuing their passions in club sports, performing arts, entrepreneurship, and much more. Elk Grove Charter School is now enrolling. Learn more by going to egcs.egusd.net or give us a call at 916-714-1653. We're confident our students will astound you. It's been an unbelievable start for the Sacramento Republic in this season. You talk about the defense not allowing any goals. They've allowed one so far this season. One of them was against Charleston back on opening night. That was what feels like an eternity ago. Obviously, that first Open Cup match as well uh, when you had some rotational guys in who haven't really played together that much. So a lot of things happening there. That's The last time they allowed a goal in league play was opening night at home uh, against Charleston, which was March 18th. So over over a month in league play, still no goals since then. It's been unbelievable. You look at the goal differential, it's insane. What's even more insane is that the strength of schedule is the toughest in the league. You look at the teams they play. Charleston, who came into the league, we didn't really know exactly how good they were going to be this year after not a great season. They have been flying high. They've been great in the Eastern Conference. Louisville had a tough start. They've kind of rallied. They're going to be back at the top at the end of the year. So, you take those two Eastern Conference teams as uh, as a Sacramento beating Detroit last weekend one nil, and they're a team that is good as well. So I, it's it is a exciting exciting start to this season for Sacramento. Now the Open Cup draw, which I want to talk about. You beat Oakland. Um, no Rodrigo Lopez who went down with the injury in Detroit. Uh, you get some rotation in with Nick Ross who looked very good. Uh, Zico Lewis. It's going to be interesting to see as those guys get some more minutes here with Roto out for a bit how those guys can now step up their game, kind of fill in some of those gaps. Obviously, Roro's creativity is kind of unmatched, but with Cicerone, with some of these guys getting more comfortable together, with Kecko getting more comfortable, uh, kind of filling in those roles, I'm interested to see how that will affect Sacramento uh, in the next you know couple of matches here. So we'll see how good they can be with those guys in. And to be honest, it was a good start. Nick Ross with a huge goal. Uh, against Oakland with a, a beautiful goal, too, by the way. Curling that one around the, the keeper who had no chance. Uh, good on Nick Ross and a good way to kind of get some confidence for him rolling. And a good, you know, another good defensive performance for Sacramento. That's what it's come down to. Uh, you know, they scored a lot of goals earlier on in the season a couple matches ago. The defense has been so, so solid. You're still without Lee Desmond. Aldair Sanchez has stepped in and has looked excellent 
at that left wing back position. Uh, Damian Villadera also been out for a few matches. And the thing is, Sacramento hasn't missed a beat with some of these little changes that have been happening. That's what's incredibly, incredibly exciting. Sebastian Herrera is getting back. I think we'll start to see him a little more, um, maybe even entering the starting 11 this weekend. So there's all these pieces. There's been little injuries. There's little, little nicks here and there, things happening. And guess what? Sacramento hasn't missed a beat. That's what I think is incredible. We talk about depth. We talked about it last year. But you could feel throughout the season last year, the depth kind of got shrunk. You didn't feel as comfortable with guys coming onto the field, putting in different positions. I feel like with things that have happened at the start of this season, that is the exact opposite. Herrera goes out against Louisville. You're like, oh, no, okay, what's going to happen to attack? Sacramento doesn't miss a beat. Now, are they better with Sebastian as the nine? I think so, but bring Cicerone out wide. But the thing is, is they are malleable, and that's what's important, and that's what's exciting about this team is they do have so much depth. They do have so many pieces. They do have a lot of guys who can step up in any given night. We saw that with Nick Ross on Wednesday night against a very hungry Oakland Roots team. Hungry. They, they always come into Sacramento playing. To, and, and, and just so we're clear, Sacramento has a target on their back. They are the best team in the, in the league right now. Uh, been top of the power rankings for, what, five straight weeks, which, yes, doesn't matter. But the fact that Sacramento is still undefeated, they don't allow goals. They've been kind of dominated a few teams there, San Diego, Louisville. And the same thing with the Open Cup. Everybody wants to take out Sacramento in the Open Cup, especially the lower division teams in Oakland and Crossfire. You want to take out the team that went to the final last year. That's just it. They have a target on their back. And now you go into this Open Cup game on May 9th, which will be another great opportunity for this team to show out against a Rapids team that's going to be coming off of Little to no rest after playing Saturday. The Republic will have a bye that weekend, so they will not be playing. So they'll have about nine or ten days rest following this Tulsa match. It's very exciting. It's 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 a good opportunity, again, for Sacramento in the front of their home crowd to put on a performance. And they've been so good already this year. I am fired up. And I know the guys are fired up. I know Coach Briggs is fired up. I hope you as fans are fired up. Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. This uh, this upcoming, I mean, we talked about this this first stretch and how tough it was for Sacramento. We were going to learn a lot about this team in the opening stretch. We've said it on this podcast. They have stepped up to the challenge. I think if you would have told me that Sacramento would have been undefeated at this point, I would have told you there's no way. They're playing so many good teams. You know, even if you don't, even if you lose one, like I would, I would bet you probably at least lose one. The fact that they are undefeated at this point, with a lot of new pieces still fitting in and some injuries, it's not like everybody's been completely healthy, is pretty pretty shocking and shows the depth, shows the quality, shows the focus of this team. That's what gives me excitement, and that's what gives me poise and confidence going into the next few months and even into the Colorado Rapids game. I think it'll be a very good match. I'm excited. You know, They're obviously a good team, MLS caliber, as we all know, and uh, but they have to come here, and it's going to be interesting. So I'm fired up for that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will talk to Jared Timmer on a very good interview. That's next. Made in the Shade Tent Rentals is your number one choice for tent rentals in Sacramento and throughout Northern California. From concerts and festivals to corporate events, outdoor dining to private special events, construction, manufacturing, or farming, whenever you need shade, whatever the occasion, we've got you covered. Visit madeshade.com to inquire about options. That's M-A-D-E shade.com. 
All right, excited to have on today's guest uh, for the breakaway, Jared Timmer. Jared, man, I mean, I've met you. We've talked a couple different times, but uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. You you said you you've listened before, so you at least know a little bit what to expect, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's been a uh, a good start to the year for you. Obviously, uh, we'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk a little bit more, just kind of get to know you a little bit. You going and looking at everything. The first thing, obviously, you jumps out is. Played, in, played for Reno in 2020. You know, obviously that was a former rival of ours. Um, what was it like? Obviously that was a COVID year. What was it like playing against Sacramento? And what do you remember about that year? Yeah, I mean, playing against Sacramento, we honestly didn't like playing against you guys. That's not that's um, fair. It was like a gritty group that you guys had. Um, and we wanted to, like, have the ball and play. And I felt like you guys wanted to do the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always a good matchup and it was always a battle, um, especially coming out here. It was tough. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, had a tough time. Well, the, but that year though, you played the same team four times, right? Cause they were right. in that pods. Right. So you get to know each other in term, like, in ter- like really, really well compared to a normal yeah. season. Right. So like, right. what do you remember from like game one, game two to like three and four, how much you guys would make changes and things? Yeah, honestly. So like the Reno style that we had was a pretty like full on press. Right. And when I was back there, uh, I was like isolated a lot and, I just remember like playing against, I think it was like Bijev back then. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Carlton Belmar mm-hmm. was there and it was just like guys that were tricky and could hold up the ball really well. So I was just trying to make sure that I kept my distance a little bit, but was still like close enough where yeah. I could put in the tackle um, from, from game to game. It was um, that Reno team that we had. We didn't change much of how we were going to go into the game. So um, it was just always like a tough battle and, well, what what were your expectations when you signed here, knowing or thinking before you signed, like, hey, I've I've played in Sacramento, I played against Sacramento. There weren't fans right. at those games, but what was your kind of your expectations coming in? Yeah, um, it made a difference. Like when there wasn't fans, like you, there there was that loss of intensity that you could kind of like yeah. have from the fan base. Um, so I didn't really have that huge expectation of the fan base when I came out here and saw it for the first time and felt it like firsthand. There was definitely that intensity of the yeah. fans and wanted you wanted to go out there and perform for them um so yeah i didn't really have that initial right like idea of how it was but when i came out here it was awesome what um th- you know obviously reno folded at the end of 2020 what was that like for you to go through per- like personally hearing yeah. about all the news realizing like oh i gotta go figure out what's next like yeah. what was that process like yeah no that that was a wild process i mean i remember um planning on being back in Reno the following year. Um, I got a text from my agent even before I think our like kind of that staff mm-hmm. let us all know and was like, Hey, like, don't worry. Like we're going to figure this out. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Right. Um, and then, yeah, the news broke team folded and it was a bit of a scramble for a, a lot of those guys on yeah. the team. Uh, just trying to figure out where we're going to end up. Um, and yeah, I landed in Indy. It was close to like where I went to school, um, where I grew up. Um, and at the time felt like a good fit, but I'm now happy to be out here and, uh, be playing. It's probably felt a little bit like Reno weather wise recently, but finally we've gotten some sun. So hopefully you're starting to see a little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I like signed here, I was like telling everyone like, Oh, I'm so excited to get out to California, be in the sun. <laughs> and then it rained for like three months straight. And I was like, unreal. What just happened? There's been, I've heard like uh, different, obviously players from, from our team talk about, it. I've heard like Kings players say the same thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to Sacramento, I'm going to California. Yeah. And then just like, yeah. It's unprecedented. Anyway, but um, I want to ask about the start of the season, kind of how you guys have gelled, specifically defensively. You've given up one goal in five games, which is incredible. Um, 
I mean, it seems like you guys are pretty locked in. You play against San Antonio, a very tough team. I would imagine as a center back, right, they, they do loft a lot of long balls over the top, and you guys have to be on it. And I said before we started, I thought you guys played so well. Obviously, didn't allow any goals. But just they really didn't have many to any chances. The best chance there was was a strike from outside the box. So yeah. what was the – like, how do you feel like you guys are kind of coming together as a back three? Yeah, um, the whole back line, we've really gelled together um, throughout this – the whole process preseason and into it we like we're a close group um but overall as a team like we defend really well together um we press well which makes them turn it over and then we're on our front foot and attacking mm -hmm. them um and then when we get into like a lower block I, we're just tough to break down um connor reads the game really well back there shane's an animal one-on-one -on -one defending um and good in the air um and then you know you got jack and dami that can help defensively too and say if we're shifting out wide right Dami's coming in on the left back spot and and protecting Shane um, and we're just been communicating really well and it's something that Mark's really emphasized for us is just to have that communication mm -hmm. and then we got Danny back there that's obviously yelling at us and telling us where to go and where to be so we've we've really gelled and communicated really well together throughout the whole year it seems like from a from a head coach perspective the one thing you'd want to have working well in the beginning of the season is is just the back line, the defense, and that has been absolutely the case. Yeah. It seems like it's been an emphasis. Uh, the defensive midfielders, midfielders have been so good as well, right. and making tackles, making your guys' job easier at times. Yeah. Um, but what is different about this group that you that you just mentioned than maybe what you've seen before? And I guess what makes it different than what you've seen? I think it's like defending as a group. Um, you really feel like you have each other's back. Um, if Connor steps in and maybe gets turned, he knows that I'm covering in behind him. Mm -hmm. um, if Shane's going in and stepping, he knows that Connor's got him behind him. Um, and it's just something that, like, we're all defending and, you know, wanting to go out there and perform uh, for each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in years past, I've experienced more of, like, an individual type of performance where guys are like, I'm going to go and do me, um, and I'm going to lock down my spot type thing. Um, but we go out there and we're – you know, we have each other's back and yeah. we're looking out for each other. And it's something that it shows on the score sheet um, where, you know, we have only let in one goal in the regular season um, and we're going to hopefully get more clean sheets throughout. Right. What do you guys have like a bet between you center backs? Like who's going to get the first goal? Um, no, I, I go, I stay back on corners. So it's, if, that's if unfair if to you, man. A bet, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to have to have a ball get knocked out and then I'm going to have to shoot from like 25, 30 yards, but I'm probably going to get yelled at cause that's going to hit the top net <laughs> might not go in. So, so no, there's no, no talk about it or anything. No. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. What um what about being around the city so far? I know you mentioned it's been raining a lot. Obviously, hopefully it's getting weather seems like it's coming around, but what have you got to experience Sacramento wise? Yeah, I've been down here for the like the Saturday farmers market. Yeah. Um that's super cool. Like to get out there and um walk around and see different things. Um just been hitting up some restaurants like coffee, so I've been to like Temple, um Old Soul. Mm -hmm some spots like that and I've enjoyed that in like an afternoon when yeah. when the weather is nice or even if it's not stay inside of a right. train and um seems like there's a lot of guys on the team that are big big coffee drinkers like to try different yeah, spots yeah uh Danny's a maniac with coffee but yeah crazy uh, game days he's I'm like how, is this like your fifth coffee like you need to relax well and is he does he is it like a zen thing or is he just psyched from it I guess that's what I don't quite understand I don't know I it's just maybe like a routine he's got going on this is. I'm glad we're talking about this. Do you think, though, as a goalkeeper, and I've wanted to ask him this, because you have to be locked in, right? Because the there time. are times 
I think if I was, I would fall asleep occasionally. Right. Yeah. So I think you almost have to be so wired. So even if the ball's on the other side of the field, and all of a sudden the counter attacks coming, you are You're dialed right. in, yeah. right? Yeah, no, for sure. And he's he's been on it. I mean, we haven't had to let in a, like too many shots on him, so he hasn't had to do a lot. But when he has been called on, he's made the saves. Um, like he just got nominated for save of the week this right. past week against San Antonio, and that was uh, one where I felt like he was ready to go and re- ready for it. I heard he uh, saved a PK in training yesterday. Yeah, I mean, these guys take PKs. I, I'm not the one to go and take a PK, I'll tell you that. But w- when they do and he saves it, he lets everyone know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, fair. You yeah. should, right? And he's unbelievable. He's probably the best goalkeeper I've seen at like at saving PKs. PKs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, you know, there's a, lot, there's a couple new guys on the team this year. Obviously, you being one of them. Um, I wanted to ask about Shane because when he comes on the podcast, we're going to have a very com- uncomfortable conversation that – I don't think he's excited about. What is that about? And that is the the lookalike that he has. Oh yeah, yeah. From yep. the the character from you, <clears throat> yes. which I think we talked about at times. I think I mentioned it at that um, when we when I oh no maybe it was media day. I talked to him about it. I don't know if he's a huge fan of it, but I feel like you come on man. I gotta bring it up, right? Yeah, I think you definitely should. Um, it's it just because of his personality in the show. It's like not a good look for him. Obviously, like I think I the guy's like a fairly good looking yeah, guy. Yeah, I so think it's like, a compliment. I, yeah, it's a, like a good looking compliment type yeah. thing. But he is a Ser- serial killer. Yeah, he's yeah. A serial killer. Yeah. So you probably don't want that, you know, being tossed around too much. I listen. It's not a. It has nothing to do with the person. It's the it's the actor. Right. Yes. Shane, when you listen yeah. to this, if you do listen to this, or when I, t- it's an it's an actor thing, man. Right. It's an actor thing. For sure. Um, I want to ask about Coach Briggs and like you mentioned his emphasis on the on the back line and early on the season and how you guys have been playing. So like what is he what is his communication coming into the season like even from preseason on um, to make sure you guys are as dialed in as you have been? Yeah, he's really done a, a good job of um, like installing confidence in us each as like our own player um, to just go out there and be able to use our strengths um, out on the field. And that's given me something where I I haven't really felt that recently from like a coaching staff um, going into the game and being like, hey, this is this is what we want you to do. And we believe in you to do that. Um, And I think it shows on the field like we we go out there and we play with confidence. We play on the front foot and we attack teams. Um, So he's done a really good job of just having that almost kind of like having our back where we have, you know, the other's mm-hmm. back on the field. Um, he he believes in us and um, gives us that confidence to go out there and perform. What about systematically and, like, formationally? Do, is there, you know, three in the back has been has worked well for the clubs really since, like, midseason last year yeah. they made the change. And it's obviously worked out great. But, what, like, how, does it fit into your specific role in the way you kind of take a center back position yeah. well or – do you like it better than a four in the back system? Yeah, I think there's there's pros and cons to every system. Sure. Right. Um, and I think the, the group that we have, it, it frees up Jack and Dami to get forward and utilize their strengths of getting in. Um, for me, it helps me have a little bit more time on the ball where I can be able to pick out some passes. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, coach wants me to do that. He wants me to to find, you know, the attacking mid if it's Roro or Russ or Sebastian's feet or whoever it is in kind of or Keko in those pockets and I can get them turned in their attacking at the back line. I mean, then a lot of times with like when we're going and pressing teams, um, we might be a little bit isolated at times and he wants me to utilize some of my like strength of one-on-one defending and my speed back there to, um, you know, to pick off some passes mm-hmm. and to be able to protect long balls over the top. So mm-hmm. I think it, it helps um, me as a player in the back three. 
Um, and I, I've enjoyed learning the system and continuing to grow through it. What is it like celebrating? This is a completely separate question. Okay. What is it like celebrating goals as a defender when you're on the other side of the field? Yeah, I mean, you got to run up there. I usually honestly run to the person that gets the whoever like gives the assist. And I try to go to them first. I don't know like if anyone's ever noticed that, but I'm like, if it's like a cross from like Jack and it goes to the back post and someone hits it in, I'm like running towards Jack and then I have to like do another run across to where everyone's at. But um, it scoring goals is difficult. Mm -hmm. So when it happens, you got to celebrate. Yeah, right. Even if it's a long run. Even if it's a long run. Right. There's been a few times I've ran to the bench and gotten a drink and then went in with the guys to celebrate. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. That's smart, man. That is smart. Uh, I like that. Okay. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Jared Timmer. Choosing the right health plan for you and your family is simple with Western Health Advantage. Their plans include wellness programs that put you in the game and on the field with ways to stay fit and healthy. Check out their affordable plans that have been keeping our community strong for over 25 years. Go online to westernhealth.com. That's westernhealth.com for more information. So you mentioned earlier opening night. Um, get a kind of a first taste of the of the crowd, of the atmosphere. Not a great official that night. I'm not like going to let you say that. I'll say it. Uh, some some a hostile environment for them that night with the couple uh, yellow cards. But what do you remember specifically? Like, did it catch you off guard about how good the crowds can be? Yeah, um, it was. It was an awesome environment to play in. It was, you know, the stadium was great. It was rocking. And then, yeah, when the adversity hit there, we could definitely feel, feel the crowd. Um, and that gave us some energy in the second half sure. to continue to push through. What, uh, what, what did Briggs say at halftime? Leave the expletives out. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he told us, he's like, listen, we're going to kind of like stay in this like formation that we had minus obviously one. Um, and he's like, the, they're going to be exposed in certain areas, and we just have to take advantage of that mm-hmm. when we go forward with it. Um, and we did. Like, they, they kind of like pushed their wing backs high or like their fullbacks high up the field. Um, so when they were kind of building, once that turnover happened, we, we wanted to be able to get forward um, and, and kind of expose that when, yeah. they're, when they're kind of too far forward. Um, and that's we did off, yeah. that, off the goal. So. And, like, you come into that game, you're coming from the Eastern Conference in Indy 11, right? Charleston was not a good team last year. Right. They get a new head coach. You're thinking, okay, this should be, you know, three points. Theoretically, you go down 10 men, you're like, all right, we just got to savage one point. You do that, and then you kind of take a step back and you look and you're like, Oh, Charleston's legit. I mean, you guys probably yeah. felt it that night. But from an outsider's perspective, you're thinking, oh, man, this team, if you, if you look at the Eastern Conference, and we can talk about that because I'm curious your thoughts, like it is way different than what we've seen. You know, yeah. Louisville, Tampa, Tampa Bay, typically at the top, both those teams have had some struggles to start the season. Yeah. Um, and I think Birmingham's in first place right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Charleston is right up there as well. So what are your thoughts on like how the Eastern Conference has kind of yeah, changed, um, I guess, in this offseason? Yeah, I, I know um, Coach Pierman that's now yeah, at, at Charleston. Charleston. Um, he's a great coach. So going into the game, it was obviously super early in the season. So sure. um, playing them last year, I was like, they weren't great. You yeah. know, one of the n- yeah. not best teams that we played against. Right. Um, and then going into this game, I was like, I think they're going to be a completely different team. Mm-hmm. And they were. And they've done really, really well and showed. They just had another good win last night in Tampa. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they're, they're good, but the Eastern conference is kind of up in the air. It seems like at the moment, yeah. um, 
Tampa isn't the normal Tampa of the of the past. Um, Louisville seems to have started pretty slow. They always will get going, and they're going to get get you know get their results. Um, they're they're known for that, um, so they'll they'll be good to go. But yeah, I, it seems like Birmingham and Charleston might be the two right now to watch out for. It's pretty interesting. We got Detroit next Saturday, so that'll be a, a good match as yeah. well. Um, okay, quickly, and then we'll talk about a couple other things. Is the teams we played so far? What like you you face San Antonio? We got Colorado Saturday, San Diego. You know, those are really probably the top four teams in the Western Conference, obviously from last year. But it, yeah. it seems like that those will be the top four going into this year. Right. What have you seen in terms of the competitiveness level and how tight those teams are in terms of who can win on any given night? Yeah, um, it, it is. It's tight. I think once we've we've really grasped the idea that we can go out and be and we can be anyone on any given night doesn't matter who it is, if it's San Diego, San Antonio. Um, and we're starting to believe that. But those teams are on paper, yes, probably the you know top three or four teams um, that you'll see. But the thing for us now is to not let off the gas, is mm-hmm. to keep going. It doesn't matter if it's you know Colorado this weekend, if it's Detroit the following weekend, if it's at Tulsa. We need to, we need to be ruthless and keep going really hard at it. So, um, yeah, that's been the focus going into um, the next few weeks. Gotcha. And then I want to ask a little bit about like coming up, growing up, playing soccer. Like, did you know early on playing youth soccer? Like, is this what you wanted to do, or was it something that you kind of just found um, out? And did you have a growth spurt that I didn't get to have? Or like, what, I mean, maybe happen? a little bit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that was like middle school into high school, um, and my brother would he'd probably punch me because he's a little bit shorter shorter than me, and he wishes that he had that growth sure. spurt. Yeah, we all do. Um, but. No, I grew up and I was playing uh, basketball and soccer. Um, I played basketball until I was a junior in high school um, and loved it, enjoyed it. Broke my dad's heart when I quit, but... Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's okay with it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I uh, I played for, like, club soccer. I never played in, like, the academy system growing up, which was kind of the unconventional way. Sure. Um, but, like I said, I was playing basketball at the time, and um, in academy, they didn't allow you to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, through high school so I wanted to keep doing that enjoyed it uh when I committed to Butler University which is in Indianapolis um I kind of went there for two years and uh started to do really well and started to get a little bit of like notice and that's when I was like hey maybe I could keep doing this afterwards Mm -hmm. um and just kept working hard at it and thankfully you know landed a spot afterwards it seems like uh, this is not that this story is similar but like I hear a lot of guys who I talk to and ask the same question who've, who played in college. It seems like, yeah, I went to college, like didn't really know how good I was. And then you play well, you start yeah. getting confidence, and then that's when it clicks. Is that like kind of what you've seen as well from maybe other people? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there's a handful of guys that it's like they're – I mean, obviously it was like a dream of mine to play professional soccer, but you don't quite know. And I committed when, – when I committed to Butler, it was – I mean, I chose the program for the coaching staff and, like, the business school, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that go there and maybe they start to learn a little bit more about who they are as a player and start to excel yeah. in that. And that's when they are like, hey, you know, I can I can keep going at this. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes a little bit of, like, a, I don't know, kick in the pants to be like, hey, I, I was just playing club soccer before this and not taking it too serious, but – now that I see that there's like a top level of these college soccer players and I can be in that and maybe I can go on afterwards. 
um, and they take it a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. um, and commit a little bit more of their life to it. And that's when that starts to excel for them. Definitely interesting. And I think, you know, fans like to hear that perspective, kind of, kind of get to hear of what it was like. What, um, what do you like to do outside of soccer? Like what's your, what's your go-to? Your, yeah. Your, so I've, you your- I've heard, uh, I've heard this podcast before and I, uh, I heard Dami talking a little bit about ping pong. Yes. Um, so I wanted to bring that up when yes. I, when I was here. I'm glad you did. Um, yeah. So right now, just so you know, yeah. the scores, they play almost like every day, yeah. Luis and Dami. Yep. Um, I'm up oh. four to three on Luis and five to three on Dami Whoa. on games. Um, so <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the best ping pong player <laughs> well, in the team, but, I mean, listen. but it's early. And I'm the new guy. So, I mean, early on, I had to kind of, you know, break it in. And I, maybe they were playing easy on me. Nope. But um, I'm up on games right now. Wow. So I enjoy playing ping pong with the guys. I uh, enjoy getting outside. I like to hike. Um, I like, you know, anything outdoors blew my mind right there because yeah. I was not ready for that yeah because uh, when Dami said it it was like there's nobody else yeah that's how he talks though I mean <laughs> I that's how he is I know I know yeah that's just funny. he beat me today I'll give him credit so he you beat guys, me today. so how much do you, do you guys all play like one person plays one person like after training or before training how does that work uh, it kind of depends like I mean sometimes you go in early and you need to get some treatment done and then you're done early with the treatment and I mean Luis and Dami play almost every day before mm before training before like we have like a meeting if we're doing video or whatever they'll they'll play i play more after training um you know if before lunch or something like that um and for done with like a lift early or something who else does anybody else play um russ is decent um but doesn't play too much uh arnold he's okay Mm. he doesn't really play much like he doesn't play like competitively like he'll go hit it around um that's really about it. I feel like we got the, the guys got to get into doubles. I think yeah, that'd doubles, be sweet. That'd doubles be sweet. would be unbelievable. We yeah. talked about doing some content around it. So now that you mentioned this, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna yeah. And there's a dartboard right now going on, and and uh, Jack, Matt, mm. they they're pretty good at, at darts. So I feel like Lagrasse has been around a dartboard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> All right, I think at that note, you've always got to get going. Uh, Dude, thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks to Jared Timmer for jumping on the podcast. Excited for the next couple of weeks. We'll have some good stuff coming next week. We'll preview Colorado. Uh, we will talk about where Sacramento matches up. We'll get some some outside guests from not in the Republic sphere of guests. And uh, we'll have some exciting fun there. Uh, excited for that. And should be a very, very fun couple of weeks. Uh, tickets will go on sale for that Open Cup match next week. And if you're a member, you're going to want to check your email so you can get access to your tickets first. We thank you for your support of this podcast, and we will hopefully see you on May 9th. And as always, go Republic!